Colorado State University in Fort Collins, Colorado. This is Agroecosystems of Tomorrow. I'm your host, Matt Wallenstein. Each episode, we feature the stories and the science of the Department of Soil and Crop Sciences. Welcome to Agroecosystems of Tomorrow. I'm your host, Matt Wallenstein, Department Head of Soil and Crop Sciences at Colorado State University. On today's show, we welcome Dr. Francesca Catrufo, a professor here in the department, and a longtime colleague of mine. Welcome, Francesca. Thank you, Matt. So, Francesca, um, I've known you for many years, and um, it's always been fun to work with you and, and, and uh, follow your research. Lately, um, your research has been getting a lot of interest even outside of the scientific world. Tell us a little bit about um, why people are, are interested in what you do and what the excitement is around soils and, and soil health, soil carbon sequestration. Yes, it's been really exciting now. For many years, we knew how important soil and soil carbon are, but now that we are uh, able to communicate that to the broad public and see that they are excited about that and they are um, really um, uh, thinking about soils and how we can regenerate soil or stewardship soils in a way that our kids can keep eating in the future and having um, a nice life is really being uh, rewarded in particular because I've um, I consider myself a pretty geeky scientist, one mm -hmm. of those that in the past could have been um, accused of being in the ivory tower or thinking about uh, science only. Um, and, uh, and now um, actually demonstrating how through science we can bridge and, and really bring solution to the public that the public wants and is interested in. It's, um, it's rewarding. It's a matter of dialogue and understanding how to talk to the public and how to, um, to make everybody um, interested and, and on board. But uh, since we are studying something so uh, dear and important for many, uh, it's actually not hard to, to make a step. Yeah, and you know, I think in recent years, um, you, you've mentioned that of course, the public has become more interested in soil. Why, why do you think that is? Um, yes, it's because I think now people have truly understood that the climate is changing um, and it's changing because we have mobilized a lot of carbon from uh, fossil reservoirs, so reservoirs that were actually under the soil, um, and we have moved it back um, moved it into the atmosphere um, and, and now we have to uh, find solution that will bring it back uh, into, the, into the soil. Um, and also because I think people um, are more and more aware of what they eat um, and, uh, and, and worried about their health and about having um, a, a diet that is not just uh, pleasing, uh, but also um, healthy um, and, and sustainable and respectful of the environment. So I think the sensibility of people uh, all across the board from climate change to food security is, is much more um, is much more there, is much more alert. 
let's dig into this a little more. Um, what, who, who are the people that are reaching out to you? You know, so we said the, there's public interest, but you know, more specifically, what kinds of groups are engaging and looking for scientists like you for solutions? So on one hand, you know, I'm being contacted directly uh, by the farmers and, and by the people that work the land, and the land is what provide their business. Uh, and, and so they are interested in stewardship it and, and, and improving it, uh, what we now call is health, the soil health. Um, but also uh, interest of big corporations, who want to um, um, who don't want to have such an, a bad impact on the planet anymore and they want to be more sustainable and so they are looking at changing their business uh, in order to be sustainable but also it's fun that if I'm on a plane and my neighbor asks me what I do then we start a conversation so I see that uh, even just you know my friends that have never really understood what I did now ask me a question and are interested about the soil or the teacher in the school of our soil that want to ask to go there and talk to the kids. Uh, so it's not just the people that work with soils, uh, but it's the general public, I think. And, you know, I think a lot of people now recognize the importance of soils. There's also uh, excitement around the potential for soils to sequester carbon. How how important do you think soils will be as a climate solution? So I like to start by saying that the only true climate solution is to find an alternative source of energy. We need to get out of using fossil fuel if we want to have a future. That's That goes without saying. But on top of that, we need a, an array of many other technology um, that also help us to get there. And in particularly, climatologists and, and atmospheric scientists have shown that even if we alt emission today, there is still too much CO2 into the atmosphere. And so we need to bring it down. And um, increasing, um, bringing carbon from the atmosphere into the soil is a very viable um, uh, solution, not only to climate change, but also is a win-win solution because the carbon in the soil has a lot of uh, fun, um, uh, improved the ability of soils uh, to exert uh, it, its functioning from sustaining the perplexing large amazing biodiversity which is in soils um, uh, to of course uh, sustain uh, fertility of soils and therefore the food production um, and infiltrating the water and all the many other services the soil provides. So it's a win-win solution uh, that we can uh, achieve its natural uh, we just need to um, manage our soil in a way that they can um, retain the carbon the plant put in there and, and, and sequester it for a longer time. And that's where the scientific question of understanding the mechanism that protect the carbon in the soil becomes important. So let's dig into that a bit. How do you build soil? What is soil? How do you make, how, how, does, how does it happen naturally and how can we accelerate it? 
Yeah, that's a great question, and actually a question that I believe here at CSU we are um, uh, we, we can be proud of how we modify the way in which this uh, has um, is is seen now, um, and so soils is basically once upon a time plant material. So it's all the majority of the carbon in the soil come from plant that have photosynthesized the carbon and therefore taken the carbon from the atmosphere into plant biomass. That's why uh, we can use it to remove carbon from the atmosphere because plant take it from the atmosphere and then the plant biomass after they die they return into the soil but now we are understanding that it's not just after the plant die but there's a lot of carbon that the plant every day during their life put in the soil through the roots and now we are more and more interested in that carbon because we believe that is the most important carbon that can stay in soil for a long time because in particularly come down in the soil depth and in the soil profile that's another thing that is fascinating about soil is that it's it's it can go very deep down our feet and sometimes we don't realize how much soil there is below our feet uh, but so once that plant carbon uh, come into the soil, it's, um, it can have different uh, fates. And, and, uh, and sometimes, uh, in particularly, actually, what I call the tea of the plant carbon. So if you guys have a tea, that's some soluble plant carbon that moves into the water and make it brown. Um, and, and that carbon can go after the first rain event, can go immediately into the soil, it's, uh, and, and can actually directly stick on what we call the soil mineral and uh, um, it can and can stay there for a long time or it can be used by uh, the microbes and make microbial biomass. The other part of the plant carbon are what we call the structural plant carbon so it would be uh, the, all the fibers of the plants um, and those also are used by the soil fauna and the microbes. It might take a little bit longer to be used uh, but eventually through the microbial transformation of that material, you build up soil organic matter because the soil organic matter is made partly of the uh, plant structure that are not entirely decomposed and partly or actually for the majority by the microbial bodies and necromas that stick into the soil. And, uh, and that what makes it complex is understanding all this transformation um, from the plant into the microbes and then into carbon that can stay into the soil in particularly if it interacts with the soil minerals. Great, so if, if, I, if I got that right, so plants take carbon out of the atmosphere, microbes then start breaking down some of that, some of that carbon, and so what's left over is, is either plant material or microbial material. But then you mentioned something really interesting, you said, in order for it to stick around, it has to it, it binds to the minerals in the soil. So does that mean then that the that we might expect different types of soils to be better or worse than others at, at stabilizing carbon for the long term? Yes, and that's why it becomes very important to understand what are what we call the potential of soil to sequester carbon and so not all soils have the same 
potential, but um, soils have mineral surfaces that can vary from coarse, what we say sand kind of uh, size uh, fraction, to very fine particles that we often call um, all together as clays and everything in between. Um, and so in order for the carbons to stay for century or millennia in soils, it has to be uh, either uh, bonded to this clay fraction or also physically occluded in very, very tiny, um, uh, tiny aggregates of clay. And so the soils that have a finer texture, that have more clay, have the capacity to store more carbon for longer time. But um, if uh, on sandy soils, and soils that don't have that capacity to store um, more of the microbial production, products, they can actually store a lot of the plant residues, maybe not for that long times, but still they can store a lot of it if we add plant material that is um, harder for the microbes to decompose, like you can imagine a piece of wood or something. And so again, carbon sequestration can be targeted to sequester either the more recalcitrant plant material in soils that don't have the capacity to store the mineral associated organic matter and therefore the mineral the, the microbial products of decomposition. Again, carbon sequestration needs to be targeted to each particular soil and we need to have a scientific understanding of what that soil can do so that we can inform the manager to do the best management practice to sequester carbon in any soil. When I, when I took my uh, first soil class, I, I learned something a little different. So that, that uh, we talked about a process called humification and soil humus. Uh, is that, has our thinking changed on that over the years? Yeah, that's actually changed radically. And I, I started studying litter decomposition and it seemed like decomposition was a bad thing. And if you decompose plant material, you, you lose it and you don't gain anything. Um, and so the humification meant that the only organic matter that would stick around for a long time would be those recalcitrant plant materials that would interact with themselves and a bit of microbial products and made this humongous uh, molecule uh, very hard to decompose that were the humic acids that would stay in the soil for a long time. Um, and actually, um, now we believe that that was largely an artifact of how soil was studied with chemical approaches. Um, and so we um, now think of decomposition actually has a good pro as an important process that on one end recycle the nutrients, but also uh, create something, create the microbial products, uh, which are then important to sequester that persistent carbon we were talking before that can be associated to, to minerals. And so in a way you can think a little bit has, um, you know, uh, how, how humans 
a girl, we eat our food, we respire much of it, and for a time in our life, uh, you know, when you are a kid, you want to grow the most, and so you want to be efficient at using what you eat and make more biomass, stay, keep more of the carbon that you eat in your food, in your body, and respire less. When you get to my age and you tend to increase your body fat, you actually prefer the other way around to be inefficient and respire all what you eat into the soil. If we bring that metaphor to the soil, now when we manage soil, we want that the microbes are efficient at using their food so that they produce more microbial necromas, microbial biomass, and then when they die and become necromas, that biomass can, that necromas can stay in the soil and uh, um, bond to minerals and persist for a long time. And, and so we do want the microbe to use the plant material um, uh, if uh, in, in soils where the microbial necromas can be protected. You know, thinking back, um, it's kind of remarkable how much our, our thinking has changed about such, such a fundamental thing. What is soil? How is it formed? over just the course of you know, a, a decade or, or two. And um, that's been something that's been really surprising to me as a scientist. I kind of thought I'd get into science and we already knew you know, most of the things about the world and we were kind of just chipping away at, at the details. Um, so it surprised me that, uh, that things that we thought uh, to be true, uh, as we got better tools and, and new thinking, uh, some of those turned out not to be. I don't know if you've had the same experience, but uh, you know, it's, to me, that's pretty remarkable. It actually didn't surprise me. The reason why I went, I, as a student in Italy, I studied in what is called the classical lyceum, and actually, I really loved ancient cultures and ancient Greek, and and I had, I was very passionate about ancient Greek and science, in particular biology at the time. And it was hard for me to make the decision uh, of what, where to, what to study. And I always knew that I wanted to be an academic and do research. Um, and the reason why I chose science was exactly because I thought that there I could make new discoveries. Whereas in, in the studying older literature, I could only make a new interpretation of something that had been studied for a long time. Um, and so I've always thought that, yes, we know, but we don't know it all. And maybe because my, I don't know, my father was a medical doctor and when he started cardiovascular surgery in Italy didn't exist and he had to come to the U.S. to study it. And then, so I've always thought of the fields of sciences as something that continuously evolve and we can never say that we actually have an understanding. Yeah. So um, you just mentioned that you grew up in Italy. Our listeners might have suspected that from your accent, but um, <laughs> tell us about your, your early academic career. What was it like to be a, a scientist in Italy? Um, what, did, what, was, what was your early research focused on? Yeah, and actually, I, I think I became a scientist in the UK. So I did my undergraduate in Italy, but then I, did, I went for, and I, I did a research uh, thesis in Italy. Um, but then I went to the UK for my PhD, 
And that's where I really understood what um, ecology, at least, was about and what doing a, um, research uh, was about. And so uh, that was the most important learning. It's really the approach, the method that I brought with me when I got my tenure track position in Italy, just how the PhD. I was relatively young, I was only 26. Um, and I was hired um, in a new university um, just outside my, um, my town, which is Naples. And, um, and I had to start from scratch, but it was really, really exciting. We were six new faculty, all in their late 20s, all coming from PhD down abroad. We were a physicist, a chemist, a biologist, and myself as an ecologist. And an, and a, uh, an economist and an engineer, and we started the Department of Environmental Science uh, in, in, in Southern Italy, the only department in Italy of environmental science. Um, it was tough, but it was actually um, very, very exciting and, and stimulating. Um, and I, I feel like I did well there because of networking and connection. Um, through all my other um, uh, colleagues across Europe. So um, I, I feel like I've done good science there, um, thanks to the European Union that would fund research and would fund collaborative research. Um, and when, when did you come to the US? I came to the US in 2008. Um, and uh, at that point in my career, um, I wasn't planning on, on moving. I had um, I'd become a full professor in Italy and uh, I had a relatively affirmed lab and uh, I wasn't looking for changes. Uh, but life brought me here and, uh, and has been a, a, um, the best career move I could have made. Um, it allowed me to expand um, farther and in particularly through the interaction uh, with, and you were there in our department in, in Ariel, you know, there was Elder Paul and Diana Wall and, um, and, and, uh, and also the conversation among us. Um, there was so much richness around soils and soil ecology and soil biogeochemistry that I think I couldn't have landed in a better place to move my program further and my thinking further. Yeah, we've, we've been lucky to have uh, some incredible people here to to teach me to um, to work with and, and get their advice. What else um, do you think kind of makes this place special? I think the community makes it special, um, and also I think where where we are. I was reasoning recently with a former student of mine that moved in a new department where it's great scientifically. But actually, it's located in a place that doesn't offer anything else. And so it attracts people that are 100% work-focused. I think what makes this place special is that we are great scientists and we do great science, but we are people, we are friends, we are families, we like to go outdoor. Um, and, uh, and so... Uh, this is a pretty unique combination uh, that that I found here at, um, at Colorado State University, a place where a place that attract great people, whether it is 
scientists that make a career outside and then come back here to retire and keep working here to the best students that maybe we can steal from more prestigious university because of what we can offer has a, a um, how can I say, 360 kind yeah. of, of place. Yeah, some of our best ideas have come on chairlifts or bikes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's for sure. So now um, at this point in your career, you've started to do more, uh, maybe more applied work and kind of complementing the fundamental research you do. Where do you see, where do you see yourself in 10 years? What do you hope, what do you hope to accomplish in the next stage of your career? Yeah, that's, um, I actually like to plan ahead, like to, to have a vision of what I want to do. So I do think about these things. Um, and uh, I would like to see established, uh, to see more better established exactly what we were saying before that we are currently doing, uh, but somehow by accident or, or, you know, because it happened in a not too well of a structured way. Um, and so uh, going back to the beauty of being here, it's also the fact that many of us has complementary expertise and together we are a group that can address these, you know, major issues of um, uh, soil um, regeneration, carbon sequestration, what we call soil solution sometimes, uh, what I say from the A to Z. Uh, so we can do from the geeky science in the lab, in the field, to understand those mechanisms that we said are so crucial to inform solutions, um, to then um, do the, 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 the modeling and the decision support tools that stakeholders need in order to make their decision uh, to also uh, large-scale monitoring of, um, uh, of the, the impact and the consequences of management in, on the land over time. We can do it all. We can do it all in a, uh, with, with a very um, well-integrated approach and we have the right people to do it here and so my dream is really to see this uh, realized I don't know if it's a lab if it's a center something where we can uh, uh, continue work together and expand it so that in 10 years time we are monitoring how the soil is being regenerated um, in a lot of the region around us but also um, across the U.S. and across the world with all our international collaboration um, uh, because I think now we, we are pretty uh, clear about what needs to be done but we need to find a way to connect to people and funders and, 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 and to make that happen uh, so that in 10 years time uh, we can only get get better and, and be in a world that has diminished the CO2 from the atmosphere and, and start producing good food. Yeah, that's really exciting. I think it's, a um, you know, for people that, that really want to make an impact on the world, uh, your program is a really great one to support because we know that uh, it's a key, key aspect of enabling uh, a soil carbon economy and enabling 
uh, soil solutions, really. So Francesca, it's been a pleasure to have you today and uh, look forward to having you back again and uh, continuing to, to see you do great things. Thank you, Matt. It's been a pleasure.